Uh, Caroline Glick is with us live via telephone. I thank her for uh, agreeing to join us this morning. She is a, a brilliant columnist, an incredible author. She is. Um, uh, she has most recently written about the silent American Jews. Why are American Jews refusing to stand up for themselves? Caroline Glick, welcome back to JM in the AM. No, oh, it's great being back on your show. Thanks. I appreciate. Thanks, I appreciate that. Great to have you on. Why has so much anti-Semitism seeped into the Black Lives Matter protest demonstrations? Well, I think that Black Lives Matter, as I wrote in my in my latest column, is really uh, um, structurally anti-Semitic. I think they have um, they have uh, anti-Semitism woven into the cloth of their anti-Americanism. So when you read their platform, it's not just that they are anti-Israel per se, but along with everything else that they do, they also oppose Israel. It's that um, in uh, Opposing Israel is part of their opposition to the United States. Uh, they blame American support for Israel for racism. They say that um, uh, supplying Israel with arms, the United States is enlarging the military-industrial complex, taking jobs overseas, making American citizens complicit with Israel's crimes, which they claim include genocide and apartheid, and that because the United States is, is spending so much money on its military-industrial complex, it doesn't have any money for social welfare programs. So as, as they see it, uh, uh, black people in the United States because of American support for Israel. There's a uh, link to it. It's insane, and it has no basis in fact, including Israel's alleged crimes have no basis in fact. But they've woven together this entire uh, tapestry in which Israel and the Jews who support Israel are part and parcel of this evil America and, in fact, responsible for it, that American support for Israel is, is sort of the original sin along with, I guess, other original sins. But the way that they portray it, there's not a specific section on Israel in the Black Lives Matter platform. Instead, it's part of a, of a, of a position paper on American uh, military-industrial complex, military budgets. And so it's, it's seen as part of a greater whole of American evil. Caroline Glick is with us live via telephone. With that in mind, it is absurd uh, and and the, the the truth is, I'm sure you would use even stronger words than that, for anyone who cares about Israel to in any way support the Black Lives Matter creed, correct? Yes, and I'll tell you something else that's sort of, uh, not sort of, it's very disheartening. Um, you you find an, an intense desire to deny this among American Jews so that I can't tell you how many times I've been uh, tweeting about this and, and writing about this over the past several weeks, and um, I and I get more and more demands, angry demands for proof that claim I'm lying. You're lying. You're lying. And so, a few weeks ago, um, I first thing I did because what happened was Black Black Lives Matter removed their removed their uh, platform from the Internet. All of the links from 2016 that, that were placed when, when, the platform, when the platform was initially published were removed, okay? 
So I said, um, I said, I said, look, the platform itself isn't there. Here are quotes from uh, contemporary articles that came out about the platform. And then a reader sent to me their new place where their platform now appears. So I posted that. They said, well, we can't find it. We don't see it. We don't see it. So what I did was several weeks later, I posted it on my on my Facebook page, and I gave all of the actual quotes from the platform. Well, this is called the Movement for Black Lives. That's not Black Lives Matter. But the movement for Black Lives is even larger than Black Lives Matter. It encompasses Black Lives Matter and another 19 organizations. So the point is, is that each time they were denying, uh, I've, I mean, dozens and dozens of angry emails uh, saying, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying. Not only do they not want to know the truth, but they actively deny it. And and they accuse me of lying for pointing it out. So this is, I'm getting very very dramatic reactions uh, from American Jews uh, to the truth. They don't want to know. Yeah, I hear that. Um, and and I think that there's really two factors when it comes to that. Number one, there really are plenty of Jews who are sincerely, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 sincerely taking the position that Black Lives Matter is taking. Um, whether it's the media that's convincing them or their own Jewish guilt that's demonstrating it, uh, they just feel that the, the cause is just and that they need to be behind this just cause. Uh, the other piece to it, though, is the media, and, and you do allude to it, and I know that, that you are frustrated uh, as you write about it, and believe you me, anyone who's uh, affiliated with the Jewish community here who cares is frustrated as well, that there was basically no reaction to the pogrom in Los Angeles, the one that destroyed the synagogues and storefronts, the ones that were uh, the, the, the attacks that were literally targeting uh, Jewish establishments. Uh, it is very, very difficult, uh, as you know from Jewish history, to deal with state-sponsored anti-Semitism. It's almost impossible. And reacting to it usually even makes it worse if we look at modern Jewish history. Um, now, I'm not claiming that now we are dealing with a situation of state-sponsored anti-Semitism. I wouldn't dare say that about the United States. But when there are government officials and police who are reluctant to act and speak up, and when the media is convincing everybody that there is a just cause that if you dare are against it or dare question it, you are an you yourself are a racist or somebody who doesn't belong in this country. That's a tremendous amount of pressure. I'm not trying to excuse Jewish leadership. Believe you me, I'm just as frustrated with them as you are. But they are up against a, a, a what what seems to be a real losing battle here. You know, I I I think that. Uh, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think that it's it's very daunting, the challenge. And I'll tell you more than that. You know, when you look at you, you don't have strong Jewish leadership uh, fighting for Jewish rights in the Democratic Party. So, right. for instance, Elliot Engel, right. who was just defeated by a Black Lives Matter supporter, Jamal Bowman, um, he, over the past few years, and also Nita Lowy, they were not fighting the anti-Semites that were rising in their party. Right. He didn't make that big of a fuss right. when Ilhan Omar was placed in the Foreign Affairs Committee. Right. And um, he is trying to cater to uh, J Street and uh, tempering his opposition to American aid uh, to uh, the Palestinian Authority, despite their finance of terrorism. So he was he was uh, hedge clipping to try to go along to get along. So when you don't have strong leaders among Democratic Jews who are calling people out for this, you know the, the National Jewish Democratic uh, uh, what the, the Jewish Democratic. Um, uh, 
group body inside of the uh, Democratic Party, right. um, they refused to endorse um, Ilhan Omar's primary opponent. So you see that you know, there isn't a strong Jewish voice, so that makes it very difficult. Um, but what's really unforgivable is is the uh, desire of the Jews to join the jackals, right. to join them, to to demand that the Jewish community stand with Black Lives Matter, to pretend that there are communal uh, uh, that there there is communal guilt right. for anti-black racism when the opposite is the case. The American Jews, especially you know liberal Jews, took leading roles in the civil rights movement and in the support of black institutions in the United States. Uh, really from the get-go, and so there is no communal uh, guilt to try to expunge. And they're taking this on, which is not fair to themselves or to their children, and they're also lying to themselves about the nature of Black Lives Matter. And just to give you a sense, you were talking about whether state-supported anti-Semitism, it's really institutionally uh, supported anti-Semitism. I'm writing a book right now about the American Jewish community, um, and I'm Looking at you know Jewish uh, communities through history, and one of the things that I noticed just recently in my research, I was looking at the Dreyfus uh, case in France in 1895, and interestingly, that really spurned, uh, that spawned, I mean, the the institutional anti-Semitism uh, on the French right. It, uh, it institutionalized as opposed to just the positions of a few. But um, it was the Jewish community's attempt at all costs before the Dreyfus affair to try to curry favor with an increasingly anti-Semitic establishment in France. So, for instance, in 1891, the French signed a secret uh, defense pact with Tsarist Russia, and this was at the height of the, of the uh, pogroms. And uh, the French uh, synagogues in Paris said a prayer for the Tsar to try to show what patriots they were. And what was interesting about that was that the anti-Semites thought that they were pathetic and lying, so that even when they went out of their way to pray for and celebrate the most active and dangerous anti-Semitic leader on the face of the planet at that time, Tsar Alexander III, the reason there's a large American Jewish community, because he forced them all out of Russia, um, you have... You have the Jews in France trying to celebrate them, and nobody takes them seriously. And I think that the Jews who are celebrating this structurally anti-Semitic Black Lives Matter movement are making fools of themselves yep. and the community, and they are increasing the contempt that people on the left feel towards American Jews. They're not winning any friends. They're making their enemies feel even greater contempt for them. No They're question. not going to change anybody's minds about Jews. They're only going to increase their hatred. No question about it. Plus, I'm sure you're aware of what's going on with the police forces here in the major cities, really, yeah. around the entire country. I mean, at this point, the only way to uh, for anybody to, to secure the businesses in Los Angeles that are Jewish owned is for volunteers as they are right now, you know, taking up arms literally and, you know, and, and taking shifts day and night in order to protect the establishments. You cannot depend on the police force. I'm not, I'm not even blaming the police because of what government officials have done uh, to completely, uh, n maybe not defund completely the police, but com com completely uh, dismantle uh, the police and, and their effectiveness well around the country. You know, and then I'll just add what an incredibly short memory the community has, because 
you know, just a few months ago, after the massacres in Poway and in Pittsburgh, and other anti-Jewish activities have been going on. You know, the Jewish communities around the country were praising the police and calling for closer cooperation between the community and the police, and rightly so, because Jewish institutions are under threat, not only from white nationalists, as we saw in Pittsburgh, but also from black anti-Semites, as we saw on a daily basis in Borough Park in Williamsburg and, of course, in Jersey City, so, you know, and, and Muncie. And so you're you're looking at... Uh, a sudden about face against their own physical security, which again is insane because obviously Nation of Islam, which is giving security to Black Lives Matter, is not going to be protecting Jewish institutions, Jewish schools, Jewish synagogues, Jewish businesses from their own people who are attacking them. So the idea that the Jews in the United States have any option other than to support law enforcement, which of course they should just on a moral grounds, um, is is crazy. I mean, it really is suicidal. It's suicidal on an institutional level, suicidal on a communal level, and it's suicidal on an individual level because people's lives really are at risk when you see that the community itself has been victimized by rabid anti-Semites and Semitism from both the left and the right over the past two years in a way that we really haven't seen in American history, at least not since World War II. Um, you know, you're, you're, it, it's stunning that anybody could be this crazy and this irresponsible towards their own communities. Uh, are we very lucky to have a very strong state of Israel right now, or even a very strong state of Israel could, God forbid, be negatively affected by a uh, misguided Democratic Party? Well, look, obviously, you know, if, if uh, Joe Biden wins, Israel is going to face the most anti-Semitic, not just anti, uh, anti-Israel, but really anti-Semitic when you look at the advisors that he's brought in uh, to be his presidential advisors, his campaign advisors on foreign policy. These are people who truly hate Israel and have said really disparaging things, many of them about American Jews who support Israel, especially AIPAC and others. So you're talking about, you know, an administration that's going to be far more hostile than Obama's, and Obama's was far more hostile than anything that anybody had ever seen before. So, you know, uh, Israel is going to be negatively impacted, but Israel can still defend itself because it's a nation state and it understands that it has interests. The problem that I'm becoming more and more concerned about with the American Jewish community is that increasingly leaders don't appear to think that American Jews have a right to criminal interests or that it's the responsibility to defend and protect those communal interests. Instead, they're surrendering communal interests and the very right to have communal interests in the hope of creating favor with people and forces in the Democratic Party that are increasingly openly hostile towards them. And that, to me, is a real problem. So, yes, Israel, you know, we, we survived Obama and will survive, uh, you know, other difficulties and political storms because we're a rational state at the end of the day. But um, I, I'm much less um, uh, I'm much less confident about the ability of the American Jewish community uh, to do that because they don't seem they seem to have lost many of the communal leaders. Uh, many of them, and in, an increasing and an increasing number and an increasing rate, seem to have lost the script. They seem to have forgotten that their job is first and foremost to protect their own community. Yeah, 
Uh, again, I think the media has uh, turned us into zombies on that issue, but I certainly agree with you on the criticism. I'll let you go in a second. Caroline Glick, are you aware of the uh, spike in interest in Aliyah from North America right now? I am. And look, you know, uh, look, I mean, come rain or come shine, I think that it's important for American Jews uh, to really think about Aliyah as an option. And I'll give you another reason that has nothing to do with anti-Semitism in America. I live in a fraud, and there are a lot of new Olim who live in a fraud. And they live in a fraud, these young uh, Jewish families with a lot of kids, because um, they can get a really fantastic Jewish education for their children simply for free because they're in public schools. And when you're looking at the price of Jewish day schools in the United States, you really have to be rich to have a large family and be able to send them to school. So I think, you know, there are many, many reasons to come to Israel. Zionism, first and foremost, and enjoying and being part of participating in the adventure of Jewish freedom in our in our homeland, which is extraordinary. I mean, it's the greatest trip of my life. But I think that, you know, uh, there are many other pressing economic concerns of American Jews uh, specifically that really can be remedied um, by making Aliyah. So anti-Semitism aside, come on Aliyah. You know, we're waiting, and uh, the more the merrier. <laughs> That's for sure. Caroline Glick, you can check out the article I referenced. Just search uh, The Silent American Jews, Why Are American Jews Refusing to Stand Up for Themselves? Caroline, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. And let's let's all try to try to defend ourselves. It's very important. Yeah, amen. We're going to try to get that message across to everybody, especially to Jewish leadership. Caroline Glick, check it out. Uh, check out her website and the brilliant articles that she writes. Monday morning broadcast. Plenty more coming up. Thanks for joining us, everybody. <sighs> yeah, a lot to consider there. A lot to consider. It is amazing when you put it in context. We made sure to align ourselves with the police forces again, rightfully so, after Jersey City and Pittsburgh and Poway and Williamsburg and Muncie and all these episodes that were happening, rightfully so. And now we are uh, seeing so many members of the Jewish community align themselves with a movement that is so completely against law enforcement and against government officials who want to help, who want to be there for the uh, for those like us, upstanding citizens who are trying to conduct their lives properly. It really is amazing. Let's hope Jewish leadership wakes up. And uh, let's hope when it comes to the issues of uh, anti-Israel and anti-Semitism among those who are now being uh, elected to the United States Congress and other positions in government, let's hope that uh, there are some rational people who could take them on uh, at this point. Let's hope it's not too late. More coming up at JM in the AM.